Hello and welcome to the Purple Theory Podcast. Look, I'm Grant, he's Parker. TCU beat Oklahoma 55-24 to on Saturday, and this is about to be like a 45-minute celebration. Parker, what on earth? I, I, I did not see this coming. I am legitimately shocked, Grant. I am here to eat all kinds of crow. I took... Oklahoma is one of my best bets. I thought the numbers were there. I thought the TCU had won and, and was looking a little thin, might not be all there together. And uh, by God, was I wrong. TCU just lined up and from the very first snap, knocked the ever-loving hell out of Oklahoma. The, the A win against a ranked opponent, the likes of which I don't know that we've seen in Fort Worth in any any sort of recent horizon. No, I think the only comparison I can make in terms of like sheer fun watching a game uh, was that blackout game against Kansas State that we had a uh, uh, that we did a rewatch of? But this was an Oklahoma team that was ranked. TCU was not ranked. Oklahoma was supposedly very high powered. TCU was was sort of a um, a question mark, and they answered every single question from the opening whistle. Like you said, they out physicaled Oklahoma. They took control of the game. They beat the hell out of them. I I, I have tried in conversations with friends, with my parents, with random relatives. Um, at an aunt's birthday party today, to find the words to describe how I feel about this game that isn't just TCU beat the piss out of Oklahoma. That's just what happened. That's the best I can summarize it. But I mean, I mean, actually and literally, like they just they just lined up and pants them. Um, and yeah. I know that there will be stuff about oh there was injuries and all that. We'll talk about all that. But also, Dylan Gabriel was in the game and it was thirty four to ten TCU. Now. Granted, maybe there was some kind of second half comeback, whatever, but holy cow, TCU was up 24 points on ranked Oklahoma at home, a team that TCU has beaten twice since the turn of the uh, century. Yeah. Just absurd. And you know what? Let's go ahead and get this first principles out of the way. Um, really sucked, the uh, the hit on Dylan Gabriel. Um, it, 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 dirty play. I, I don't think Jamoy Hodge is a malicious player, but that was a bad play. Um, and then obviously the, the yeah. um, I, I, I'm sorry, I forget the man's name that was hurt in the second half. Very sad. Hope hope both of them are okay. I think all reports are. Um, Parker, when Dylan Gabriel got, uh, when he left the game, he was 7 of 16 for 126 yards and zero touchdowns. Um, he, the Oklahoma passing game was not working. TC corners were clamping down on Oklahoma receivers. Uh, Abe Kamara again made another big play, something I, I did not see before this season was going to start. It, it, it was a butt kicking. All of it was a butt kicking. Yeah, I mean, it was uh, just crazy. TCU had um, 0.27 EPA per play to Oklahoma's negative 0.9. Um, just absolutely absurd. TCU almost nine yards per play. Oklahoma under five yards per play. We're just looking at like just the basest of base stats. TCU had 668 total yards, Grant. I'm going to say that again because I'm not, I'm not, I didn't stutter. I didn't mess that up. 668 total yards. The exact same team, Grant, that passed it 10 times against Texas Tech last year. Uh, because all they could do was run it on the ground. Had 668 yards of offense, 307 passing yards, averaging 9.0 yards per pass, 361 rushing yards, averaging 8.8 uh, yards per rush, zero turnovers. Um, just an absolutely absurd outpouring. Grant, every bill of goods that we were sold about Sonny Dykes this is best case scenario for what it looks like. This is it. This is what it functions. I don't know if it's going to keep happening. I don't have any comments right now about the future, but I'm saying when TCU hired Sonny Dykes, if it was going to go well, it was going to look exactly freaking like that. I I, I don't even want to go negative. I Because again, I don't think if you had the videos of this podcast, you would understand that both of us are smiling like we've just won the lottery. But every bit... Every single player on this offensive roster, with the exception of Jaquarius Spivey, uh, Jordan Hudson, and uh, Alan Ali, were on the roster last year. It, it, it turns out, if you if, if your goal is to score points, it's easier to score points. We, That's, I mean, <laughs> if you want, yeah, it's easy if you try, Grant. It's easy if you try. I mean, we've seen what an offseason of, of offensive line coaching can do. 
uh, from an actual offensive line coach. We've seen a coach who understands that um, being aggressive on offense doesn't necessarily mean that your defense is always in a bad position. Um, just absolutely incredible. You want to do some uh, game uh, leaders? Um, can we can we start yeah. with uh, so I quoted I quote tweeted Brett McMurphy today because Brett McMurphy informed us that Max Duggan was the national offensive player of the uh, of the week, and I uh-huh. just wanted to make sure everyone knew that Max Duggan is actually the the, the Purple Theory intergalactic player of the week. Um, just an absolutely absurd absurd game from him. His best game by far, ninety six point one QBR. Uh, 23 for 33, 302 yards through the air, three touchdowns, no interceptions, 116 yards on the ground and only five carries. Grant, 116 yards, five carries, two touchdowns on the ground. 67 was his long and just an absolutely beautiful, beautiful touchdown. Um, Grant, his average depth of target was 10.8 and he completed 65.7% of his passes. I'm going to break something. I wa- I'm so close to a Ric Flair, Flair woo. Parker, Max Duggan leads the nation in yards per pass attempt. And and I know it's like, oh, one of them was a pop pass to Darius Davis to win for 80 yards. Okay, he averages 10.61 yards per pass attempt. Absurd. I'm losing my mind. Absurd. It's, 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 Grant, I just need to take this moment to say I've never been wrong about anything. All Max Duggan needed was the right surrounding. Holy cow. Um, <laughs> what else goes in here? No drops. Uh, one, no, one throw away, so 71.9. Uh, two, two throw away, 71.9 uh, adjusted. Grant, if we go to his um, pressure and depth and look at where he, he, he went downfield – uh, on balls, 20-plus yards downfield, he was 4 of 9 for 19.8 yards per attempt, three touchdowns. Grant, um, a couple of those were like just tosses to open dudes. And I'm I'm just going to say, if you scheme a guy open, your quarterback looks really good. That's all you need to do, man. Just get a guy wide-ass <laughs> open. It turns out if you... Also, if you have like a six foot four wide receiver matched up against a small man, throw it to the six foot four guy. Uh, Can, okay. I also want to say because Go I got a little, I got a little cagey about Rashi Rice and like he's just going for pass interference. Um, all he was doing against TCU and against Hodges Tomlinson was like engaging on uncatchable balls and then trying to make it look close. Three on on three of those pass interference calls, Max Duggan put the ball exactly into the hands. Like the receiver was open, was going to get there. They committed a penalty to prevent it. Amazing. Van and all of this, and Grant, there was a pass to Jordan Hudson where the ball was in Jordan Hudson's hands yeah. in his basket, and the, and the defender knocked it out. I mean, there were points left on the table all over this game. All over this game. And I will remind you, TC scored 55 points. It, it, like you said— And they quit in, like, the third yeah, quarter. Yeah, like you said, on three of the pass interferences, the defender made the right play just by not letting TC score a touchdown onset play. Parker, I— okay. Let's take a breath. Do you want to evaluate the offense uh, on your nerd numbers first, or do you want to go kind of play by play by touchdown first? I'll leave it up to you. Let's let's do. T- I I don't even know how many nerd. I mean, I have all the nerd numbers. I know but, you do. Um, I don't even have. Um, yes, let's do touchdown by touchdown because they scored so many grand, and and I think. What, what I'm excited about is, like, the diversity of the touchdowns. Yes. Like, the way that TC was able to create scores is just – I mean, it wasn't like, hey, we've got one play and we're just exploiting this matchup. It's like, dude, you're on freaking skates and we're just going to be surgical. Um, Just absolutely incredible. Yeah. So, first touchdown was a complete design fade uh, to Savion Williams. Um, he was the only receiver that was trying to run a route on that play. Duggan made a great throw uh, to the front right pylon, the only spot on the field um, where only Savion could catch it, and he made a great play with the defender draped all over him. Touchdown. I, we've seen a lot of fade routes. That's the first one where I was like, hey, good call. That that was exactly what we needed. Um, I will say I'm I'm still very scared, and I thought it was a duck when it went up because uh, it did. If you looked at it, it like it definitely it peaked, but I mean – it would have landed in a garbage can sitting on the pylon. Like it was an amazing, it was just exactly where it needed to be, but it, it wobbled. It looked a little weird. I was, I was nervous, but Hey, 
Savion Williams, welcome to the party, pal. Hell yeah. Um, yeah. What do, I mean, I feel like we've been talking about this guy for ever, and he's alive. I'm just using his touchdown to point out. Um, he had three targets, three receptions, 31 total yards. That's 10.3 yards per uh, reception and yards per target. He had a yards per route run. This is going to be a fun one. This is going to be a crazy high number if they have this here. Uh, he, oh, 1.03. So he actually was on the field a lot and, and just wasn't, wasn't amazingly productive. But, um, when he got the ball it was very productive. That's a, that, no. that was a great, I hate the fade, but honestly you had the matchup. They knew what they were going after. That's Put it in a bucket. It was great. Second touchdown, complete busted coverage from Oklahoma. Um, TC went four wide and then, uh, the running back ran kind of a, you know, a, 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 not quite a Texas route, but sort of like a block and release route. Safety came down to cover the running back. Barber ran free from the slot, so he ran a go um, with the outside receiver running a curl. I, I want to highlight on this play Duggan like maneuvering around the pocket and was about to get hammered when he released the ball. Um, it was a little underthrown, but there was 15 yards of space around Tay Barber, so it didn't matter. Um, great play design, great maneuvering from Duggan. Just, just so much fun. Um, yeah, great extension. And also, yes, it was busted coverage, but also um, it was induced. Yes, I mean, yes, TCU absolutely. TCU forced Oklahoma. I mean, again, busted coverage is busted coverage. At the end of this, Grant, remind me, I'll have a very sober comment about like what we should take from this game going forward. But TCU, uh, with, with some, some caveats uh, that are not going to be celebrated right here, but um, it, if I run around and I make a safety choose, do you cover the running back or do you cover the guy downfield and he makes the wrong choice? I win. That was yeah. good. I did that. That 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 was a good play design. Yeah, and we win. I mean, Oklahoma. I, I don't know the technical term what cover it was, but they had basically five flat across the uh, back end of their defense, and one of those guys had to come forward to cover the running back and made the wrong call. Um, third touchdown was Max Duggan's long touchdown run. <laughs> I think I took my pants off at this point. Uh, it was an option keeper around the end. Standard stuff. I want to highlight the blocking from the tight end. I think it was Spivey, but I couldn't tell the number. Um, so I don't want to give someone credit um, or, 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 or deny someone credit. But um, the tight end on that play on the right side, as soon as the ball was snapped, knew Duggan was keeping it and immediately just turned and faced the quarterback and, and basically just said, all right, come at me. And like shadow blocked him 10 yards down the field. So Duggan got free. It was, it was so much fun. Uh, I haven't um, I haven't gone through this entirely, but I, I, I will while I'm doing this. So that first touchdown was 6.03 expected points uh-huh. added. That second touchdown was 5.67. That third touchdown, the max run, was 4.59. So those three touchdowns were about 16.3 points over over what you would expect. Yeah. Given where TC was in that situation. So in, in a game we're talking about 31, those three early touchdowns just absolutely, absolutely widened the gap for TCU. Yeah, the fourth was another run. Uh, it, it it was it looked like counter to Kendrick Miller. Uh, basically, the entire left side of the offensive line pulled. Um, this is, I think, from like 15, 20 yards out, maybe 30. I, I should have wrote it down. But the entire left side of the line put hats on hats. I mean, there was great blocking on this play. Uh, and Kendrick shed one tackle and was gone. Um, a, a really just well-blocked run. And Kendrick Miller's good enough to score on that play. So... Um, 3.46 uh, 3. EPA on that one. Okay. Uh, so we're up to, we're up to about, uh, about 19.8 EPA there. Um, I will, can I, can I use that to point out yeah. and just jump off? Can I just read you some yards per attempt from Please. this game? Uh, Max Duggan, 23.2 yards per rushing attempt. Okay. <laughs> Kendra Miller, 10.5 <laughs> yards per rushing attempt. On 13 attempts. <laughs> uh, Imari De Mercado, who the announcer, who I don't even want to talk about all that. Don't yeah, get yeah, yeah, yeah. all that. But um, the announcer said, uh, de, he did it like live on air. He was like, De Mercado? De, Merca, de Mercado? And then he corrected it after the break. So one of the producers was like, hey, it's De Mercado. But on air, he did that weird thing where like he put the syllable, he put the emphasis on the wrong syllable and all that. But uh uh, De Mercado had 7.8 yards per attempt. Trent Battle, yeah, man, 6.7 yards per attempt, and Amani Bailey had 4.8. Pretty, 
uh, pretty great. <laughs> pretty pretty <laughs> solid running uh, running uh, all the way down there. Um, TCU uh, only only 127 of their 371 rushing yards came after contact. So that's that's less than half. Yeah. Um, generally. That the reason I bring that up is because TCU is super explosive in the run game. Duggan had a 67, Miller had a 69 yard run, uh, De Mercado had a 36 yard run. But a lot of TCU's run running success, in addition to those uh, explosives, came from just the scheme was open, the line was in the right spot. Guys like guys like Spivey made good blocks, and TCU went three or four yards without being touched on most of these. Right. Runs. So, w- which leads me to the fifth touchdown, which was uh, a, a punch in from uh, Di Mercado, but it was set up by a long run from Amari Di Mercado, uh, which was another counter. Um, so, TCU lined up um, with an H back kind of set off behind the uh, 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 the right tackle. Uh, the H back and tackle pulled from the right to left. There was good wide receiver blocking, and Di Mercado basically just took it and ran around the left side, and no one touched him until they got to the one-yard line. And they punched in another play later. Um, clearly, Garrett Riley is taking notes from his older brother. Um, this is beautiful blocking. It I, I it makes me wish I would have been an Oklahoma fan from 2015 to 2021, because it seems really fun uh, having a Lincoln uh, having a Riley scheme uh, on your offense. Yeah, absolutely. Um yeah, we're going to talk about Gunnar Henderson running. Boy, will we! But, uh, uh, six <laughs> touchdown. That Kendra, that that De Mercado run was actually only 0.45 EPA because they had first and goal to one. So yeah, expected and then just very high. Yeah, but poof, there's your touchdown. Six touchdowns, another bust. So Henderson um, was lined up on the on the outside left. Um, it, it just a total bust of coverage. Um, he kind of ran like a a, a post route. The person I want to highlight is Savion Williams again. Because Savion, I think, kind of ran a curl on the other side and busted his ass downfield. Parker, he, I think he beat Gunnar Henderson to the end zone. Because um, he was like <laughs> running, looking for somebody to block and finally found somebody um, and, and entered the end zone at the same time as Gunnar Henderson. I mean, just just a total... At, at that point, I was, I was a little busy celebrating. But... Um, this just a hell of a yeah. Play. The the um, I mean, it, the touchdowns became increasingly fun as yes. the game went on, but also the significance of like what to take from them, um, goes down a little bit. If that if that makes sense, yeah. Um, so Gunnar Henderson having what a sixty-two yard ridiculous touchdown is not like, hey, here's a secret weapon for TCU's offense. It's like, hey, Oklahoma's having a real bad night, and TCU was just piling. <laughs> hey, everything's working. Let's throw it to Gunnar Henderson. Um. The seventh touchdown, I swear to God, was just inside zone. And Kendrick Miller got a screen from the ref a little bit on a, on the Oklahoma safety. Oklahoma's running single high. I, I looked at this play. I was hoping maybe Oklahoma wasn't expecting a run. But it was first and 10, and TC was up a ton. They should have been expecting a run. And instead, Kendrick just made an incredible move in, um, 10 yards down the field and broke it. Um, just sh- completely shook the Oklahoma safety and was gone. It was it was straight up inside zone. Yeah, if we look at um, TCU's zone and gap this week, they actually were more balanced than I think we've ever seen them ever in history. Yes, yeah. just from what Gary has run 20, 20 runs in zone, sixteen in in zone uh, gap schemes. Yeah, so super balanced um, rushing attempts. And that kind of extra dimension just gives defenses something else to worry about. And uh, and so really cool that TCU has that in their arsenal there to kind of uh, be a little bit more diverse in their run schemes. Yeah, and then uh, the eighth touchdown was just Max Duggan bleeding from his arm and wanting to, I don't know, turn it. I mean, I, yeah, I, I'm going to stop myself from saying everything I want to say about Max Duggan for fear of, uh, you know, it just, it makes me so happy, man. It. I was, I just, uh, good, good for, look, I'm going to sound like a boomer here, but good for the kid, right? Like stuck with it, said I'm not transferring, stuck around and got his time and, and did everything right. And, and I mean, it's absolutely taking advantage of it. Um, I know a lot of people asked about like, is there a quarterback controversy before this game? And I can tell you that there is not right now. Hell, um, it's, it, yeah, it's 15's team. I mean, and I don't think it's a it's a question. 
at this point. Yeah, I don't I don't know unless unless he just absolutely implodes. I don't know how you don't let him ride this bad boy out. So um yeah, that was that was just impressive. And again, the variety of the offensive scores, Grant, mm-hmm. I think is the the best thing that I like is just so many so much diversity in the play calling, so much of um I don't know that we ever had a Gary Patterson team necessarily that said, Hey, we've got you on skates and we're gonna keep punching. A lot of times we saw, hey, we've got you on skates. We're going to turtle up and just not make any mistakes and ride this bad boy out. So entirely different philosophy shift. Um, I wrote this down during the game because I'm old and sentimental. But I really feel like Sonny Dykes is doing a pretty great job of the whole speak softly and carry a big stick. Yeah. Like, well, filling in for Gary Patterson, filling in his shoes is very hard. You have to choose your words very carefully. And he is doing a great job of making sure that he is never out over his skis, that he's never, you know, putting cart before horse. I feel like he's very much like, we're just going to back it up and then I'll, you know, and then I'll have the coy post-game comment or whatever. The only comeback I'll say is that some of what Sonny does is, hey, it's cool when you do it, but I got tired of it when Gary was doing it. Because he straight up called the timeouts and complained to the referees. And was yelling at the referees. Okay. Uh, so let's uh, that's yeah. Well, let's second. do that. Right. So TCU got screwed on a pass interference call or non pass interference call, and then uh, questionable spot on the on a, on a potential fourth down conversion. Uh, a, a secret. Sunny Dykes wasn't even being mean. To no, him. He that's what I'm saying. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> a secret talent that I have is that I can read lips, and. Reading Sonny's lips, literally what he said to the referees were, number one, that was probably targeting. Number two, that was pass interference. Number three, you screwed us out of a fourth down spot. And he called the timeout. And somewhere in there, the phrase effing horse S was used. But besides that, he was just listing facts. And I, I, I was all for it. Call a timeout. You're up by 20. Let the refs know they're doing a bad job. And then the bad fair catch call. Or non-fair catch call, whichever. It was unbelievable that there. Gets, that, that gets my blood boiling too, just because there was like that, I tweeted about this, but the, the North Texas-Arkansas game where North Texas ran like the fake fair catch. And it's like, okay, if, like, You're the only I understand it's not the same officiating crew, whatever. <laughs> it just sticks in my mind. Okay, it only sticks in my mind because every so often it comes up and people celebrate it and they talk about like, oh, this innovation in special teams. And you're like, no, no, it's not. They you're just, the only person the in America about that because you're an Arkansas fan. That is okay. That's true. The second part of that is true. The first part of that is very much <laughs> not true. <laughs> <laughs> Which okay. um, remind me to tell you the thing that I almost just said on air okay. off air later. We um, two minute diversion. You and I both watch games on mute. All right. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um. I was watching with the with my wife, and so we had had it on. Yeah, and so unfortunately, I was dealing with a little bit of nonsense. Mm. Um, but yeah, generally, I try to watch games on mute. Yeah, I I had uh, the Rolling Stones "Exile on Main Street" on vinyl, and I played that, and it was working. So I, I switched to the Sonos, uh, played all the Sticky Fingers and all of "Let It Bleed." So highly recommend if if you need some good mojo, just put the game on mute and do that. It, it's a lot more fun, but. The downside is I was watching it and be like, what the hell is happening with refereeing crew right now? <laughs> I've never seen anything I like I mean, just absurd. Uh, just just like abs- absolute absurdity. They had, they, here's what it is. They were dehydrated. It was hot. The first half took like two and a half hours. They needed, they needed their nap time, man. Like that's just, that's just totally what it was. And they were just making bewildering calls. And like the, the broadcast was talking about this. The referees were like specifically looking at Sonny and then looking at the ground because Sonny was like pointing to the jumbotron. <laughs> like, what did you not call right there? And they were like not looking directly at the jumbotron. So, um, pretty bad. It didn't affect the outcome no. of the game. Although for a moment you were like, oh damn, this yeah. might not be good. Um, but TCU responded really, really nicely there. Um, Grant TCU, uh, the fumble on the first drive was great. TCU had a quality possession on one, two, three, four, five, six of their nine meaningful first half drives. Um, that's that's just pretty. It. That's pretty impressive. 
Um, and then they still scored, you know, twice in, in garbage time after that as well. The game was in garbage time at, um, at halftime and just, I mean, just incredible, incredible showing here, even before Dylan Gabriel went out. Um, the, yeah, this, this, this was maybe one of the most bewildering in a good way, TCU football games I've ever seen. I, none of it was expected. I also want, want to shout out the defense. Um, yeah. Oh, we haven't, I feel like we have not. Yeah, I know. They were we should, yeah. completely creating havoc. I, I, I love Abe more and more with every single play. I think I, I either tweeted this or sent it, but like, get a Thompson penalty. I don't care. You're up 30. You forced a fumble on the first play of the game. You you lay somebody out, you're up by 30. Let them know. It, it just made me so happy. THT was, was, was uh, playing well. Mark Perry had a couple great run stops coming in from safety. Um, just just a, a total tour de force from the defense. Um, a- absolutely. Grant, what what have we been begging for on defense for a couple of years now? Um, a pass rush? Hate and ass defenders. Oh, hate, yes. Well, yeah, a yeah. pass rush, we're going to keep talking about that. But hate and ass defenders, and let me tell you, <laughs> Abe, he hates. Abe hates you. He hates the horse you rode in <laughs> on. He hopes bad things happen to you and you alone. He's going to go home and put water in your mom's dish. He is the hatenest man I've ever seen in my entire life. I love him so much. He he's just the best. And, and I, oh, it's just it's just amazing. I I makes me so happy. I th- that's and yeah, like big, big fan of that. I, I'm trying to be smart about this game. Sorry, I, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Literally for the last 36 hours, my whole thought has been like, I can't remember football being this fun on both ends of the ball, watching TCU. And that was just a fun, what felt like eight hours was actually four. Just so much fun. Yeah, just that, that's really what it comes down to is that it, it felt, um, this offseason we talked about how like with the open practices and the social media engagement, that it felt okay to be a TCU fan, fan again. Like you were allowed to do it. Yeah. Um, and that's what it felt like. It's like, oh, this is supposed to be fun. We're supposed to get excited about this team, not wait for this team to absolutely murder us in, the, in uh, every every weekend, you know? I think Grant, like I'm okay to say this on air, uh, down the stretch last season, you and I had a conversation that was like, dude, do we even want to keep talking oh, about Oh, yeah, TCU absolutely. You know, yes. Like, are we even, I mean, down the stretch especially, it was like, dude, are we even podcasting anymore? What's going on? I haven't felt this excited in a, in a very long time. Um, let's let's mention some defenders yes, by name please. specifically that I, I just want to. Mark Perry, I think, had a really great game mm-hmm. um, in, a, in a mix of coverage snaps um, and um, – and run snaps. I'm I'm just going off grade here because a good kind of composite of, you know, everything they did. Again, doesn't matter too much. But Dylan Horton. Uh, so Mark Perry, seventy six point five. Dylan Horton, seventy four point six. Grant Sonny Misi is out with a torn pec. He's gone. Um, and so very worried about nose tackle and the depth behind Dom Williams yep. there. Timon Mitchell, step right up, dude. Seventy three point one grade. Had a pressure. Had uh, well, I'll call that three. He had a sack. He had a straight up uh, sack. Three. Yeah, he had. A, he had a sick. Uh, so he had, yeah. So he had a sack, and he had a. Um, we'll call it three tackles. It was a, uh, a tackle and two assists. Those assists were stops in the run game. So very productive there as well. Um, Dom Williams Grant. This was like the game where you understood the. Three three five and how important the nose tackle is because Dom Williams' stat sheet does not look good and he had an incredible game. yes um, two two total pressures had a sack um, no tackles but Grant he moved the inside of that line there was one I, I don't know if I texted you or texted everyone Dom Williams had got a sack absolutely because he pushed through a double team yep. forced Dylan Gabriel out Gabriel tried to cut back he ran him down and D Winters came and tackled yep. and forced Gabriel out of bounds like I mean just. Absolutely incredible game. That dude is growing up um, just so quickly. And I just am very excited to see this offseason when he does dumb human tricks in the weight room because he is, yeah, he's just, he's great. And having him there is great. Having depth behind him with, with Mitchell kind of being a guy who's alive is, is very encouraging. A lot of, a lot of guys got involved. Um, So, I mean, Winters Winters had a good game. Uh, again, I think that the biggest deal for Winters is that like he is not quite that positionless defender, 
but he can be the almost positionless defender. Yeah. And so to let him just, I mean, I want his position to just be like prowler. Or yeah, something, hitter. We call it. Call it hitter. It's, yeah. Yeah. Just, just go hit people, dude. Find the ball. Hit the ball. And that's that's what's so good about this defense as well. Uh, no, excuse me, Millard Bradford had had a couple really good yes. um, snaps. I don't know what we're going to do with Marcel Brooks. So um, this is where I wanted to go. I, f- okay. From now on, on this podcast, we need to track Marcel and Chad Banks' snap counts. Because... <laughs> We just need to we just need to flip a coin every game from now on, and if it's heads, you take you take. Um, I'll take Marcel, and you uh, can take Shad. You take Brooks, yeah. and it's tails. We take Shad, and just randomize it, and be like, all right, who had more snap? Um, but yeah, I think um, those are two super athletic dudes. I don't know exactly where we're gonna go with. It. I don't. Um, we'll find a. They have to find a place for. Them. They're athletic enough to There's see the field. There's a lot of cogs, yeah, and moving it, pieces, it, and you want to get the athletic guys on the field, but then you don't want like Jamoy Hodge to be just by himself at linebacker. Really? And when you put yeah. Winters at that flex role, and then you put Marcel Brooks next to him, it's like good luck, man. Uh, he he did not. He missed a bunch of tackles. Didn't have a great game, and had just one of the most dumbass plays I've seen in a long time. Um, also Johnny Hodges don't have an update on him, but when he was out, I felt like it was noticeable yes. that the middle of the defense changed. Yep. Um, also, he was really I just good. Like he, he went out, but he's, traveled a, he still led the team in tackles. Like Johnny yeah, Hodges yeah. rules. Like I love um, that guy. I, I love that TC was just like time traveled a linebacker from the 1990s. Yeah. Like when he got hurt or hit in the nuts or whatever it was, um, I guess it was his shoulder, so I remember that now. I just remember he like kneeled down on the field, and you were like, "I'm pretty sure I have like a Bill Romanowski card that looks exactly like this. Like he's kneeling this exact <laughs> position and everything." So, um, yeah, that's that's pretty great defense all around. Really, really happy how this is coming together. There's a lot of athleticism in the backfield. I think that uh, Bradford's really becoming the guy we wanted him to be for a while, um, and some stability helps there. And I'm very worried about depth going forward, but I think there are absolutely dudes on this uh, on this defense. Yes, yeah. Hodges was um, well enough to speak at the post game press conference, so I assume that's a, like a good sign for him going forward that he'll be. Yes, it was it was shoulder, so it yeah. might have just popped out or something. Yeah, yeah. But um, let's let's do okay. So I see time wise and everything. Let's do um, just Oklahoma, just some offensive stats real quick, just to sure. give the defense a little more credit. Uh, for the advanced side, so negative zero point zero nine EPA per play, under five yards per play. Um, they they rushed pretty decently, zero point one three EPA per rush, but a lot of that was in garbage time. They were negative zero point three seven EPA per pass. Um, if you look at the the total stats here, <clears throat> excuse me, three hundred fifty five yards. So TCU had more rushing yards than Oklahoma had total yards. Um, say that again Yikes. for those in the back. TCU had more rushing yards than Oklahoma had total yards. 167 passing, 5.5 yards per pass, 179 uh, rushing, 3.7 yards per rush. So a couple of big plays inflated that EPA per play, but not that good. One turnover, I really think that was kind of the spark there. Is like if Oklahoma had scored a touchdown on that first drive, this is a weird game. Um, one thing to note, uh, Oklahoma was 7 of 18 on third and fourth downs. Mm. TCU was 7 for 14. So um, – OU definitely, you know, tried a bunch more in the second half and game script inflicts that. Um, I still feel like TCU kind of has a third and fourth down problem. Um, I think so. I, 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 seven. Yeah. So six, six for 18 on third downs is 33%. You had the seven because they went for it on fourth and they got it as well. So that's still like 40 something percent. It's not, it's not great. It's not great. No, it's not. Um, but you know, at, at this point, we're quibbling. I, I, and I hate to be. Oh, I don't. I hate to sound like I don't want to seriously analyze this game. But I'm. 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 I'm fine with what we did. Grant just texted me in all caps. Shut up, here, everyone. <laughs> I, I tweeted this. This is this the Hunter Cook saving that video. But the uh, it's from Righteous Gemstones. Uh, Walton Goggins, the best actor in America. Uh, go outside, nerd. I don't have time for your chime ins. <laughs> That's how I feel for like an hour every week when I talk to Barker. Um, can I um can I deputize you for something? Yeah, I want a gif of the sister where she looks at the he, she looks at the guy who's playing the youth pastor and she's like, "Boy, you need to take yeah. a drink of water. You're thirsty." <laughs> yeah. I can't find that gif. I would use that gif ten it's times. It's on YouTube. My favorite is <laughs> you need to get some night nights. 
<laughs> it's, it's, it's the line right at it's the best. Uh, that show is just an entire roller coaster. Okay, I did tell um, I did tell Throwback Frog, who's funny on Twitter. He asked about. Um, I tell him we talk about this, so I think this is a good transition to like the. I don't want to be dour here, but I do want to say, what the hell does this mean for yeah, the no, rest I know, of the season? I know. Um, uh, he, so Throwback Frog asked if uh, if Max keeps this play up for the rest of the season, are we thinking draft pick? I will say one. I would be shocked if we don't have another year of Max Duggan. And that's yeah. terrifying. So that's, I've thought about this a lot. I don't want to put actions on a player. So for example, and Chandler Morris, right? I don't know what he does with this. Um, I think it's a capable quarterback that can get snapped somewhere. Um, I, yeah, I don't think Max is going pro after this. If, if Max keeps this level of play up against Oklahoma, and even if you account for some variance and some, hey, you know, standard deviations, whatever, he's going to be like a second team all Big 12 quarterback this year and next year. And that normally gets you a sixth round draft pick, I think. Skylar Thompson's on a roster. Yeah. Brock Purdy's on a roster. I think he could absolutely be up there. Um, I mean, I'll tell I'll tell you this much. I'll tell you what right now. Max Duggan throws three hundred yards a game the rest of the season. We're gonna we're gonna talk about that. Let me sure, tell you, if, if Max Duggan if Max Duggan ends the year as the NCAA leader in yards for pass attempt, I'm gonna be arrested, buddy. I, I don't know what for, but I can guarantee you. We Parker, yeah, no, let's um, let's celebrate for it. We have talked about this for three damn years. I, I sent this shout out to uh, shout out to Brian Carrington who we I just who just followed me on Twitter because I told him to name it claim it in response to him saying something about the prosperity gospel and I think he I think he understands it but just joke but Grant prosperity gospel man you say good things and God will give them to you and we've been saying this good thing for years yeah, it's and paid all it to us. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care if Max Duggan throws six interceptions a game for the rest of the season. Nobody can tell me anything about Max Duggan ever again. In the words of Tyler Childers, I've seen the angel band, and I will leap among them when I hit the promised land. This, what more do you want? This is exactly what you want. This is the apotheosis of what you want out of Max Duggan. As far as going forward, do you want to pivot to the rest of the Big 12? Because TCU actually has like a, a legitimate... Top 25 game day will be their game next week. Yeah, this is shocking to me. TCU and Kansas is the most meaningful Big 12 game thus far this season. It's the most meaningful game of next week, I think. It, so, Easily. yeah. So, Kansas um, beat... Uh, sorry, I I was, I was on a hot... Kansas beat... Kansas beat Iowa Thank State. Thank you, sorry. Iowa I was, State... <laughs> I don't understand how Matt Campbell lets this special teams happen. This isn't a joke. No, this isn't yeah. a meme. This isn't screwing with people on Twitter. This is saying, how are you actively sabotaging your program? Like the negligence to the point of incompetence in terms of special teams. And, and you have fourth and nothing. And you let it come down to a college kicker, a freshman who's already missed two. You let the game come down to, is a college kicker going to make it? Pathetic. Absolutely terrible performance. Iowa State has now had two games in a row where they absolutely could have and should have won. Running back to last season, we're talking double digits of games that they are now losing. I guess not double digits because they didn't lose double digits. Six, seven games uh, where, where they absolutely should have won a game that they just they just shot themselves in the foot. It's it's amazing. It's astounding. It's astounding. I, I popped into that game um, right at the end when uh, Iowa State was uh, driving to attempt to tie the game and send it to overtime. And... That final kick missed by a, a, a generous 15 yards. Um, and I was like, it was nowhere, it was nowhere close. Yeah. And I was like, oh, wow, ha ha, look at the Iowa State kicker. And then I found out that the kicker happened to miss two earlier field goals. It, it's irresponsible. Um, but let's let's focus on Kansas just, just briefly. And of course, we'll preview them um, on Wednesday. Kansas is undefeated, ranked, and good. Legitimately, the offense kind of bogged down against Iowa State. Iowa State's defense is the strongest part of that team. This is a good team. Yeah, TCU's going to face. J- Jaden Daniels had a bad yes. game yeah. against Iowa State. Yeah, um, he's he's human. He bleeds. That's fine. Um, but they are they're 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 great. I don't even care about like good or bad or whatever. But like they're a competent and competitive yes. football team. Um, 
that's 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 impressive. The vision is there. It's working. The depth mattered so much more than I think we really thought it was as they were kind of transitioning up. I kind of thought there'd be another ledge. And Grant, they could go 0-8. They could. They very easily could lose the rest of their games, go 4-8, and and still be an absolutely incredible story for where they are relative to where they've been. And, 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 and um, yeah, just ab- very, very impressive. Um, Jaden Daniels, only 7 for 14, 93 yards, uh, no touchdowns um, through the air, one touchdown through a run, but six yard, uh, six yard long and, and nine yards total on eight attempts, including sacks. So Iowa State maybe gave TC a little recipe for how to bottle him up, because if Iowa State had just scored against a not very good defense, if Hunter Deckers had not just lost his mind, um, and if Iowa State could play special teams at a confident level, I think they win that game in Lawrence. So we're looking at something entirely differently. So one, thank you to Matt Campbell for giving TCU some national attention in game day. I think TCU got a boost in the ratings just in anticipation of that matchup. And two, thank you to Matt Campbell for giving TCU the opportunity to get uh, maybe an overrated rank win. Yeah. That's kind of nice too. And also, uh, I don't want to underwrite this. Hell yeah, Kansas. Rush the field. It's fine. Go off. You haven't been good since 2009. This is so much fun. Um, I hope it. I hope you go 11 and two, and the two losses are to TCU. Um, that would be beautiful. I would love to see Jalen Daniels in Arlington this uh, this <laughs> fall. Yeah, that'd be great. Uh, Kansas State 37, Texas Tech 28. Texas Tech went out of its way to lose this game. Um, Kansas State had 10 percentage point lower success rate. Yeah, and Texas it, it, Tech. Yes. This was almost the exact inverse of last season's game. Do you remember? This yeah, is the game vaguely. Yeah, where Texas Tech was up fourteen to nothing, and Kansas came back and won by one score. Kansas went up, and Texas Tech had was down thirteen to nothing, and came back to thirteen thirteen. Had chances in the end, just couldn't, just couldn't do it. Yeah, I, I think there. I, I didn't watch, but I think there was some officiating uh, chicanery at the end, um, but. There's all yeah, there's all. It's the Big 12. Uh, the, the other uh, big game, uh, Oklahoma State 36, Baylor 25. Blake Shapin is probably pretty good. Uh, he also is very, very The way very that they young. have handled him as they have eased him into it has been great. Yeah. Um, they have stopped there like, hey, we're going to ask you to do stuff. I mean, I think they thought against BYU they had something that wasn't there. They didn't trust him. They couldn't yeah. run the ball. And, uh, I mean – What's his name? Um, Gavin Holmes dropped three balls that yes. probably changed this game entirely for Baylor. Uh, I mean, Shapin, Shapin's good. Shapin's good. He's good. Uh, he's, he's, yeah. yeah. But Oklahoma State is, I think, as we thought, one of the premier teams in the conference. So, Dude, they are 16-2 and two in their last 18 They're games. a really good team. Like, And both of those games, if you remember, Iowa State, fourth and one, yep. super short. Yep. Uh, close, And then Baylor, of course, goal line stand. That is absurd. Yeah, they're just... Mike Gundy's underrated. That's crazy. Yeah, I think he... Yeah. That could be an entire hour's podcast. We, we need to delve into that. I just wanted I just wanted to say that so I can text Lunt and tell him I said that on the podcast. <laughs> uh, and then finally, Texas 38, uh, West Virginia 20. I watched like a quarter of this uh, until I saw Texas was going to win and then didn't bother watching any more of it. But yeah. That that seems about right. West Virginia is the worst team in the Big Twelve. Parker, I, l- let me ask you: Will you apologize? No. About what? About West Virginia. No. Why do I need to apologize about West Virginia? <laughs> you were high on West Virginia. You were high on JT Daniels. You were high on Neil Brown. We were high on everything. No, you I was not. No, I was not. Me. We did a whole episode where we talked ourselves into it. You Let me pull up the schedule. Let me pull up the schedule. Well, there's no way I had these notes correct. I haven't. I, I, I Parker, I had them. Parker. Our, Grant, we're not going to do the high. I had them at. Uh uh-uh. uh. I had. Uh uh. Uh uh. I had them at five and seven. You had them at eight and four. Okay, where are we right now? Uh, They are two and three. Two and three with one score loss, one score loss to Kansas, even though it was technically two scores. Over time is a weird thing. It's fine. Dude. I'm just asking for an apology. Two, That's all I want. They're, they're two turnovers away from being four and one and still sucking. Okay. Let's move on to the rest of the 
Just, I mean, it's time. It's going to get ugly. Don't get me wrong. But right now is not the time for me to apologize. Listeners, you can find Parker on Twitter at Stats of War. <laughs> hey, all of you. No one find me on Twitter. <laughs> uh, Ole Miss beat Kentucky 22-19. Ole Miss is really good. And really fun. Yeah, Kentucky Kentucky also kind of similarly had... I'm just looking at yeah. this like, did we get beat that bad? Next success rate. Um Kentucky also had their shots and kind of shot themselves in the foot. There's a couple turnovers. They had a positive, uh, they had a positive success rate over Ole Miss uh, by almost uh, seven seven and a half point percentage points. So, um, but Ole Miss is legit. They're going to have to figure out how to pass the ball, dude. Yeah, it, but they eventually. have two of the best running backs in the nation. Yeah, they're fun. They're good. Hell yeah! Um, Wake beat Florida State thirty one twenty one. I think I might have picked this game wrongly if I can remember. Um, but Wake's a legit team. They took Clemson to overtime last uh, last week, and they beat Forest State by ten. They're good. Sam Hartman, good quarterback. Wake Forest is like wide receiver university right now. <laughs> they have some freaking dudes at wide receiver. And this game was twenty one seven in the first half. Wake just kind of sat on it, so it looks closer than it was. I swear there have been two. I know there's one. There may have been two contestants on the Bachelorette that played for Wake. Um, I know one was a third string quarterback for Wake. Um, I can tell you I don't know anything about that. Well, I can tell you you're, you're missing out. Um, Alabama 49, Arkansas 26. This game was closer than it appeared, and then uh, Alabama kind of pulled away. Obviously, the injury to Bryce Young is a story, but Alabama's deep enough to where that doesn't really matter. Uh, Arky was game. They, they they played a you know they played them fine, but Alabama's Alabama. Great. Can I tell you how I know I'm maturing? Yeah. When a 300 follower account responds to me and says, oh, they should have taken the points. They shouldn't have kicking field goals, whatever, yada, yada. And then they come back like two drives later and try and say something about it. I just block them and I don't respond to them. And I don't say, hey, I'm going to talk to you about this and try and engage you seriously about why you're wrong about this specific thing. I'm just going to walk away. It's been freeing. There was a lot of discourse about Arkansas going for it. No, I know. I know. Arkansas kicking a field goal. And one... Uh, no, no one's thinking rationally about it, and it's annoying. It's dumb. Um, but two, uh, if I'm a twenty-one, it's same with Missouri. Like if I'm a if I'm a double-digit dog to anyone, we're going. We're playing mad at that point. Oh, right? I, like there's no, yeah. there's, there's no benefit. What what are they going to do? Beat you by twenty-one? Okay, that's fine. Yeah, it, it that's they did what they had to do. Um, let's go ahead and go there. Uh, uh, Missouri, Georgia, uh, Georgia 26, Missouri 22. Missouri was up for the majority of this game and Georgia just finally realized, oh, right, we're Georgia and came back and won it. Georgia has not looked great against Kent State and not looked great against Missouri. I'm looking right now. Their next game is against, let me pull this up, uh, Auburn. That is a recipe for uh, 52-14 and Brian Harson not coaching at Auburn anymore. Yeah, because they almost, they almost pulled out of LSU. Probably should have. And um, I think George is bored, man. I think so, too. I, I, yeah. Uh, the only other game I want to highlight is Mississippi State 42, Texas A&M 24. I, I, I texted the Brain Trust. And by the Brain Trust, I mean two of my friends that are lawyers from Bay City that both went to A&M. And I said, hey, is gas going to get high enough uh, to fire Jimbo? And they said, yes, but we're going to fire Durkin first. Um, well, they hired Durkin, which was the problem in the yes. first place. I I just wanted to point that out. Mike Leach is Mike Leach. And if, Oklahoma, and, and if you don't know what he's going to do, that's on you. If, well, and, and, and they're, they're pretty good this year, and, and if you can't stop that but, offense, you, you really, yeah, that's a problem. I will say that defense, that Mississippi State defense is a lot better than people give it credit for. Zach Arnett might get a might get a sniff in this cycle with how many jobs are open. He's good, man, their defensive coordinator. Um, but yeah, I'm going to drop eight and say, hey, you're going to have to, you're going to have to death by a thousand cuts, and I'm going to hope I'm not going to die. I'm not going to, I'm not going to play ball with you. I don't no, understand. I don't want to entertain you. Um I, I will give a shout out to uh, it was either Richard or Alex on Split Zone uh, duo earlier today, who said that uh, A and offense is just Iowa with five stars, and it really made me happy. I'm not gonna lie to you. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, 
was really brilliant. Uh, also today, uh, Wisconsin fired Paul Christ, um, and Colorado uh, fired Carl Durrell. So just keep that in mind. Both, I think, uh, the Paul Christ was, I think, premature. The Durrell was w- well warranted. I have thoughts about Paul Christ is taking some kind of buyout settlement thing. And I have thoughts about that, but I need to formalize them before I throw them in the ether. Yeah. Something smells. Wisconsin head coach Gary Patterson. <clears throat> Parker, uh Dude, he might get a he might get a look this year, but golly, if he if he takes another head coaching job, uh oof, oof. We're gonna talk about <laughs> it. I just wanna say, as critical and as loud as I've been about a lot of things. It could get a lot worse. I could get more critical and louder. Trust me. Uh, perpetually. Perpetually. Parker. Uh, but you know what? We we have a little bit. We, I'm going to give you one minute. Thoughts on the Tyler Childers album. Uh, I thought it was brilliant. This is Texas Country Music Minute. Uh, highlight is Angel Band. I will give a, a shout out to Way of the Triune God. Um, I think he's finding himself. I, I think it was just, just an absolute tour de force. Yeah, I think it's really great. think that he knows really well the strengths and weaknesses of his songs. And I think that's kind of like the maturity slash getting sober is like, hey, not just I can turn a phrase and sing really well, but like, hey, if I think about this for a little bit, I can do some compositionally really interesting stuff. So I love that. I think he's doing great. Um, Really, really enjoyed it Um, and have it on repeat. Saw him at Red Rocks last October. And uh, searched for hours trying to find the Hounds Get to Heaven song because yeah. I didn't know if he had recorded it. There weren't many live performances of it, so I'm glad he recorded it. It's uh, it's excellent. He is um, it's his it's his moment in 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 country music uh, in, in Americana. I think uh, absolutely. I will give a shout out to my friend who will go unnamed who texted me. If I still had Twitter, I'd tweet what asshole cut Tyler Childers hair. Uh, <laughs> Which makes me laugh. Have you seen his new haircut? It's it's not good. Yeah, he's kind of doing like the Peaky Blinders thing, right? No, I won't give. Like I, I'm not. I'm not going to give him that much credit. It, it, oh, it no. looks like it, it, literally a comparison would be like it, a, a monk's haircut. It's not. It's not what you want. And I say that as someone who has who could have good hair but still gets bad haircuts. It's it, it's unfortunate. I'm gonna. You're gonna have to send me a picture of which one you're referring to, because um, there's a lot of them on the internet right now, and nothing's popping out. Um, that has been your. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, we, I, I, we had to dive into that. Um, yeah, someone did. Someone did recommend that I listen to the John Fulbright new album that I didn't know was out, and I was like, "Oh, I like John Fulbright. That's great." And then I was like, "Oh yeah, I don't listen to John Fulbright anymore because it's like sad band sits at the piano, and <laughs> I just don't need to do this. So that one is fine. I'm just not gonna listen to that one very much." Also, Evan Felker recorded a song with the Dropkick Murphys, which is a sentence that I didn't know could exist, much like TCU beats Oklahoma 55-24. Parker, this has been the Purple Theory Podcast. I'm Parker. You can, er, Jesus Christ. I'm Grant. You can find me on Twitter at Grant Coward. I've been Parker this whole time. Uh, spell like it sounds. Identity theft is not a joke, Jim. I'm doing two. Th- Millions of people. <laughs> For every year. Go Frogs. I've been doing two different voices. Go Frogs.